the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can also catch my live radio broadcast every weekday, 9 to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas. And if you forget all that, you can rewind this or you can check out HeidiHarris.com. Of course, Heidi's was spelled H-E-I-D-I, HeidiHarris.com. Let's talk about a shooting over the weekend in a Mormon church in Fallon, Nevada, a place you may never have been to unless you've been up to Reno, Carson City, in that area. A little town. I don't know that they have a lot of crime, certainly not that kind of crime. And it's a big deal whenever somebody's killed in a church. Now, information is not really available at this time. A lot of details. We know that the man went home after the shooting and was arrested. He shot one person and injured another, killed one and injured another. And he's 48 years old, and it's terrible, and there are people who are saying, at this point, as I'm recording this podcast, as far as we know, it was somebody who was targeted at the church. But let me just talk about the principle for a second, because that's what's important. Churches have got to prepare themselves for this kind of a thing. There should be people in church, and I'm not blaming the Mormon church for any of this, please understand. But churches have got to be prepared for this. Because my guess is, regardless of who this guy was, why he was shooting, he went into church expecting no resistance. See, that's the important thing. When people go into a church and they kill people either because it's targeted, and it's happened, where pastors have been killed or people have gone in and killed their ex-wives, and these kind of things have gone on around the country. They expected to meet no resistance. They didn't kill their spouse at a gun store. They didn't kill their spouse someplace else or somebody they were mad at. They go in expecting nobody to be armed. And I don't know because I'm not Mormon. I don't know what the policy is in a church, in a Mormon church, but I can tell you that I've been to several churches and been a member of several churches where there are people who are constantly armed. Not obviously armed. They have concealed weapons. And I can tell you that you would not get off a second shot at churches that I have attended in the past. Not every church I've ever attended, but some churches I've attended. And I think that's important. It's not because anybody's looking for trouble, and it's not because anybody's promoting violence. The simple fact is we have to prepare ourselves for the people who might just go shoot up the church because they don't like Christians or Mormons or Catholics or anybody else. They just don't. They don't like people who are at various churches. So they might not like Jews. Uh, I used to live near a Jewish school, and I'm going to tell you something right now. There was a guy out there, and they were picking up the kids in the afternoons who had a huge Glock on his hip, very obvious. He stood there every day when they picked up the kids and they had huge fences that guarded the children when they were playing. They didn't play around, especially the Jews. They don't play around because there are too many people who are anti-Semitic. Why? I'll never understand, but you know, whatever. You can't understand the mind of somebody who hates an entire group of people. I don't get that. But churches really have become, unfortunately, in many cases, they have become targets. And a lot of folks say, oh, you don't want a church. That's the house of God. Well, I understand that. But did you know that Jesus encouraged his disciples to sell their clothes and buy a sword if they didn't already have one? Why? Because they knew they were under attack or possibly going to be under attack. And most of them were martyred. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Then there was another incident over the weekend at Trader Joe's in California where a guy shot his grandmother because he was upset with his grandmother for objecting to his girlfriend living there. Apparently his grandmother had taken him in as a child because his dad was in prison and mom was a druggie and this guy had a history and ultimately he shot his grandmother and his girlfriend, then went to Trader Joe's and a manager at Trader Joe's was killed in the crossfire. There's still controversy as to whether or not she was killed by the police or by the gunman. 
Early reports say that the grandmother apparently had taken him in and covered for him in the past every time he got in trouble. Well, where's that leading you? I mean, I know a lot of people who've done that, and sometimes it doesn't lead you in the right direction. So we don't know all the details on that yet either. But I was tweeting about the idea that wouldn't it be nice if there had been a law-abiding citizen inside this Trader Joe's, potentially they could have made a difference. And of course, people reacted on Twitter about that, as you could expect. And, and I'm not saying that a law-abiding citizen would have necessarily made the difference, because even if you're a law-abiding citizen, even if you're tactically trained, you may not be able to get off a clean shot in a situation like that. And if you're in a store full of people, and I don't know how many people were in there on a Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, probably a lot. I've been to that Trader Joe's when I worked in LA, so probably a lot of people. And so you can't take a shot unless you're pretty sure you can get off a clean shot or somebody's in imminent danger of being killed. So I'm not saying that's the solution, that everybody needs to have a gun to make things safe. But bottom line, I wouldn't want to be a sitting duck in that situation. That's all I'm saying. Then there was another situation that happened in Pinellas, Florida, where a woman pulled into a parking space, I guess it was a handicapped parking spot, and she had two little children in the car. And her boyfriend, who by the way is an ex-con, how do I know that? Because I looked it up on Facebook. I didn't hear the press reporting that, but he was. So the ex-con boyfriend goes into the store to do whatever. The girl is parked in a handicapped spot, which she probably shouldn't have been. Apparently she wasn't handicapped. So some guy got in her face and started yelling at her about it. All right, now, so the ex-con boyfriend comes out of the store because there's a disturbance, and he comes out and he shoves the guy who's yelling at his girlfriend. Now, you know, part of me doesn't blame him. He's trying to defend his woman, but by the same token, when you shove somebody, how many times have we heard stories about people who've been shoved one time and hit their head on a curb, and that's it, lights out? Well, in this particular situation, the man he shoved had a gun. So when he shoved him and he hit the ground... Which, you want to call that attempted murder? I would because people have died that way. So the guy pulls out a gun and shoots the ex-con and kills him. And now, apparently, because there's a stand-your-ground law in Florida, this guy's not going to be charged. Now, the Pinellas County Sheriff saying he's not really agreeing with it. I think the guy who did the shooting was white, and the I know the guy who died was black. But the sheriff's not real thrilled about the whole situation. But he said, listen, that's the law. And... The bottom line is the district attorney is not going to bring a case they don't think they can win. This is how it goes. When you're a district attorney, you have to focus on the cases you can actually win, which is why most prosecutors will tell you, by the time somebody gets to court, if you're called for a jury, and I have been several times, and you see somebody sitting there at the defendant's table, he probably did it. He or she probably did it. And the reason I say that is, and of course you're not allowed to, consider that as a juror, and I wouldn't. I would give anybody a fair trial if they ever put me on a jury, which they did one time, but it was a civil case, not a criminal case. You're not allowed to consider that as a juror, but the bottom line is any lawyer will tell you they have so many cases they don't prosecute because they're not sure they can win. So if they're going to spend taxpayers' money, generally they believe they've got a pretty solid case. And so the sheriff's not going to tell the DA to press charges because they're not going to win. And I know people are upset about it. They're making it a racial issue. They're making it all kinds of things. But bottom line, people are tired of rudeness. If this girl hadn't parked in a handicapped spot, although I got to be honest, I looked at the video. This parking lot was pretty empty. Who cares if she parks in a handicapped spot for two minutes to wait for her boyfriend to come out? I don't care. But this other guy decided that he was going to, you know, get in her face. And guess what? Now there's been somebody killed. And the crazy thing is, besides the fact that this ex-con who has three kids and a girlfriend is now dead, which is bad enough for the kids, and you and I are going to be paying Social Security for those kids their whole lives, 
Besides that, the guy who did the shooting is never going to have a moment's peace the rest of his life. Think about that. If you kill somebody in your home, what's the first thing that would happen? You'd probably have to move because the press would be at your house. Cops would be swarming the place, depending on the circumstances of it. And neighbors would know and friends of the person you killed would know. And the next thing you know, they're going to hound you until you have to leave. You're not going to feel safe. So even if you are justified in killing somebody, your life's going to be a mess too. You might lose your job, depending on where you work and if it's something that becomes public and people protest and whatnot, because the bottom line is nowadays, nobody cares what's right. Nobody cares what's just. They care about what's politically correct. They care about giving people a hard time. And ultimately, they're not really concerned whether you're the cleanup crew for society or not. And if this guy... Marquise McLaughlin hadn't shoved at the shooter on the ground, guess what? It wouldn't have gotten that far. I should have said, hey, don't talk to my girlfriend like that, and it would have been over. But that's not the way an ex-con thinks. Now, are all ex-cons violent people? Of course not. But many of them are. And that's why they wound up in jail. And so that's the way he handled it. He could have very easily killed this man. So a lot, but remember there was a guy, well, it was he was punched on Fremont Street, but remember that? A couple of years, well, I guess it was about a year ago. Somebody walked up to a guy in line on Fremont Street and just punched him and he went down, boom, dead, hit the ground the wrong way. This has happened in bars in Las Vegas. This happens all over the place. One punch can kill somebody. One shove can kill somebody if they hit something wrong. So people are just tired of rudeness and more and more people are armed. And you got to be careful about this kind of thing. There was a video that I saw online a couple of weeks ago, this happened I guess in Seattle, where a guy went back to the back of a restaurant and he was wearing an outfit that looked like he had some kind of a job where he had a lanyard on and a badge of some kind, you know, dressed all in white. I don't know what he did for a living. He goes back and he walks up to the cook, who's a female, big black guy, punches this girl in the head. I mean, punches the hell out of her. You think that's the first time he's ever hit a woman? I'm going to go with no on that. He walks up and punches her. Why? Because his eggs weren't cooked fast enough? I don't know. But here's what he didn't count on. He didn't count on the restaurant manager pulling out a gun of her own because he started toward her. She pulled out a gun. He's damn lucky she didn't kill him. I would have. I'm telling you right now, God forbid I ever have to raise a gun at another human being. But I'm going to tell you something. If somebody's coming toward me in a situation like that, I probably would have shot him because I would have been terrified he would have come after me. And let me tell you something. Even if you're tactically trained, somebody can disarm you. And this particular guy who went back in the back and was punching the cook was much bigger than the cook. And he was much bigger than the restaurant manager. I mean, he could easily have overpowered her. That's the thing. A lot of people who have concealed weapons may have been trained to shoot it. They may or may not be good shots because they're panicked, but ultimately they're probably not tactically trained. They probably couldn't prevent somebody who's bigger from overpowering them. So if you're going to pull your weapon, you've got to be extremely careful. So going back to the Trader Joe's thing over the weekend, I am not advocating that everybody in there start whipping out guns and shooting somebody and thinking you can take a shot. You can't. You can't necessarily. But what you could do maybe is, and I would probably try this, get behind something, hide behind the produce or something, and fire a shot through the ceiling. What that would tell the assailant, the guy with a gun, the kidnapper, whatever you want to call him, the guy who was taking hostages, what that would tell him is, uh-oh, there's somebody in this building who's got a gun besides me. He wouldn't know who, but he would know that somebody had it. That's what I would do if you were in a one-story building. Uh, I would do that. 
I don't know that that would solve any problems, and I'm not tactically trained myself, so who knows. But ultimately, people are just getting tired of it, and I think the rudeness is being stopped all kinds of places by folks who have guns because they just don't feel safe. So anyway, it's unfortunate. I wish everybody would just get along, but that's not the way the real world works. And when somebody's going to shove you on the ground and potentially kill you, if this guy's head had hit a curb, he would have died. They're going to kill you. I saw another video online of somebody took a child. They had a fight in a cafeteria, took a kid about 10 years old who was getting feisty. A bigger kid picked him up and slammed him on the ground. The kid was dead. All he did is slam him on the ground and the kid died. That's how easily it can happen, and that's why this guy in Florida is not going to face charges. But can't we all be nicer to each other? Wouldn't that be nice? In the words of the immortal Rodney King, can't we all just get along? Can't everybody just take a deep breath, give everybody a little slack in this world, just relax? And let's not leave out the mass shooting in Toronto over the weekend. Interesting that the press tries to characterize the guy as mentally disturbed. I don't know if he was or not. They don't know the motive. They don't know who he was. How do they know he was mentally disturbed? He could have been very clear thinking and just evil. That's why, as a citizen, I want the ability to protect myself from these whack jobs. I'm Heidi Harris. Join me for the Heidi Harris Show live weekdays at 6.70 a.m. KMZQ, 9 to 10 a.m. And you can catch my podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can subscribe at iTunes for free. You can also check them out at HeidiHarris.com. And pick up a copy of my brand new book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. I've had all of them. It's great career advice. If you've been through the ringer like I have, and most careers are like that, then you'll appreciate this book. It's really less about me than it is about perseverance. And it's encouraging, and there's a great behind-the-scenes stuff. If you would like to know any more about talk radio and what goes on behind the scenes, I think you'll be fascinated. Don't Pat Me on the Head. It's available at Amazon, also on Kindle. And this week, I'll have it up on audiobook at audible.com. So check into all of that. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs) 